Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome again to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 121. Today we are talking with an incredible young man. I say young, he's a little bit younger than me. I just turned 40 and he's in his 30s. <laughs> Nathan Aaron, that's spelled N-A-T-H-E-N, Nathan with an E-N at the end, and Aaron also with an E-N, A-A-R-E-N. Uh, incredible, incredible guy. He's a speaker, entertainer. We talk about that in the podcast, uh, entertaining and educating with entrepreneurs, uh, what he calls heart-centered entrepreneurs to get clarity and inspiration, uh, plan, fund, and execute dreams. He has a thing called Dream University. And uh, I just feel like this is of great value to our audience. Whatever station you're at in life, whatever your current situation might be, and a lot of people are going through things, I point this out. I don't want us to focus on that reality. Let's focus on what we can derive from that as we continue our uh, upward climb together towards these goals, dreams, and visions that we have for our life. And Nathan brings all kinds of value to the table. And I will point out, I've uh, talked to Nathan uh, a fair amount offline, uh, both on a personal level and uh, as far as my dreams and other things and just uh, strategic things business-wise and stuff. And this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> this guy knows what he's talking about. So stay tuned for this episode. I want to remind you, as always, up front, you are absolutely priceless. Listen to the passion and conviction in my voice as I say that. And you might be wondering, what does that even mean? Why does he always say you are priceless? Uh, well, let's think about that. The word priceless means without price. We're above the, the price, uh, the monetary systems of this world. Uh, all of us are above uh, all these things and anything that makes you feel less, whether it's something someone else does, has, or is, or uh, something that you've experienced in your life, some mistreatment of some sort, some abuse, uh, you are still absolutely priceless. This is a, a state that is unending. So remember that along with you are never alone. Uh, and again, I keep pointing this out, especially during these times, uh, we're all going through various things. I've got my kids homeschooled. Uh, I'm going to have them for an extended period of time by myself here as well. Uh, as I try to juggle things and get podcasts out to you. So we're all living a life as humans, trying to meet needs and take care of things and juggle a lot of stuff. You are absolutely not alone with whatever you're going through. If you're going through relationship things, if you're going through uh, difficulties with job loss, a lot of people have experienced that right now, just with you know things closing down and trying to reopen. And I see it a lot. We're in Las Vegas. It's kind of half open at the moment, which is odd for a place like Vegas, but uh, you're not alone. I want to encourage you and, and plant a spark of hope and, and love as you extend your love outward. You're going to find a lot of uh, great blessings come inward towards you as well. And I've experienced that firsthand. We talk a little bit about that uh, here in this interview with the uh, one and only Nathan. Uh, and of course, I want to remind you of our challenges before we jump right into the interview. Study. I can't uh, say enough about that. I've listened to probably hundreds of books in the last uh, few years alone and uh, doing all kinds of things. I drove Grubhub for a little while. I think we've touched on that a little bit in the podcast. I don't, it's, you know, it's not necessarily an embarrassing thing, but it's not like me fulfilling my dreams at the time, but it's part of my process and my journey. And in so doing, by the way, driving, delivering food and stuff, here's your Buffalo Wild Wings and your pizza <laughs> that I was doing. Uh, I was listening to books while I'm driving around town and wearing out my car and burning through gas and not making that much money. But at the same time, I love that that's part of my story. Don't be embarrassed of your story. We talked uh, in our last episode, which was kind of an impromptu episode. Don't uh, I just don't feel like we as people need to be hiding each other and ourselves from reality with these highlight reels on social media, uh, which our friend Nathan touched on as well in our interview. We, we compare our behind the scenes to someone's highlight reel, and uh, we just don't need to be doing that. And at the same time, let's stop the highlight reel. Let's let's be a little more open. We don't need to TMI each other too much 
much information about everything in our lives, but uh, we humans have a capacity for love and support. I'm going off on a tangent again, but the study, <laughs> study, learn, and grow, and there's all kinds of resources to do it. Make great moments is the second challenge. Uh, that's, as I always say, that involves loved ones generally. In my experience, these are pillars in our lives as we make great moments. And that could be simple things. Find the little things that we can do to enhance our lives and those of our loved ones. And uh, the other day I went out with my boys. I had to go run a few errands and I was like, you guys come along with me. We're not going to sit and play Fortnite. We're not going <laughs> to do these other things. You're going to come with me because you being eight and 11, which they are at the moment, is not going to last. And me being 40 is not going to last. And this this moment in general is not going to last. So let's make it great. That's the point. I didn't say it to them in that way, but I expressed it with some love and, hey, let's go. And, and I kind of bribed them with a treat. And my 11-year-old likes boba, these drinks out there. So we went and got a couple of those drinks uh, while we went around and did our <laughs> errands. So these can be great moments. Uh, find your version of that with your loved ones. And let's do the little things to make each other matter. Go if you're married or in re- relationship, make that person matter. Go get them chocolate. Go uh, write them a card. Write them a note on the mirror or, or whatever. Don't vandalize anything. Uh, you know, put it on paper and then stick it to the mirror, maybe something like that. <laughs> and of course, our last challenge. Let's keep doing this podcast together, my friends. I love you so much. I'm so appreciative that you spend time with me. I'm flattered. I keep saying this, but I am absolutely flattered. Share the podcast. Go out, friends, family, neighbors. Uh, whatever you need to do to get the word out, uh, share it on social media. I keep joking about write a note and put on someone's car or their doorstep. Uh, you can do that too. Uh, it might seem a little stalkerish these days, but do it. You know, in my name, I'll take the blame for that. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not going to keep rambling here. I love you and I appreciate you. And let's jump into our interview. Nathan brings all kinds of value to the table and uh, I'm not going to say much more about it. I'm just going to let him uh, prove that here in our interview. So here we go. One and only Nathan Aaron from Dream University. It's our pleasure today to welcome the one and only Nathan Aaron, speaker, entertainer, funding expert for heart-centered businesses and entrepreneurs. Uh, Nathan coming to us today from uh, Portland, correct, my friend? That's right. How are things in Portland? We've uh, all been, you know, anyone watching the news in the last couple of weeks, there's been some uh, shakeups. <laughs> you, you, you probably haven't been uh, around much of that or have you? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the news loves to uh, blow things up out of proportion, but there's definitely a lot of action happening here. And uh, I think that we'll look back in 20, 40, 50, 100 years, and this will be a historic time in the world for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I hope you and I are around in 100 years too to do that, but we may or may not. Oh, yeah, no question. Yeah, 200 for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Everything we talk about today, we'll have the tools to do so. Exactly. Yeah. And so will you if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So stay tuned. We got a lot of great stuff to cover. Um, <laughs> tell me for a second, because we talk about speaker and people might be like, what is he saying? What is entertainer? Or is he just mispronouncing? But you spell it E-N-T-R-E, tainer. What is mm-hmm. an entertainer? Oh, you know, I just like to confuse people and spell things <laughs> wrong. Sure. No, uh, it's entre- like entrepreneur, so entrepreneur slash entertainer. I believe that one of the best ways to teach people uh, things in their lives is by entertainment as opposed to direct education. Uh, so I have a film series called Chasing My Dreams. I have 17 episodes. Uh, one is going to come out per month for the next 17 months starting in December. It's basically following me on my journey from you know trying to make it in the music industry, becoming homeless, dealing with a bunch of really negative and horrible things and then getting to where I am now and then hopefully getting to the point where, you know, I reach what I like to call holistic success. 
Um, so that's my um, you know reality series, and also I do uh, music. I have a music album, and all these different things that are more entertainment based as opposed to just how to. So I'm really excited about that, and I also just really love the idea of uh, like lifting up people who came from entertainment and helping them get into more the uh, educational informational side of things and vice versa people that are in the informational side of things uh kind of pivoting over into entertainment i think it's really helpful for people wow that is fascinating you know and and my audience may remember that i uh did music myself uh, for a time but uh still love music but tell me let's talk a little bit about some of this background uh, and thank you for explaining all that um where are you from originally well, that I was born in Chicago, and then we moved to Portland, Oregon. And when I was 17 years old, I moved to LA to uh, attempt to become a famous multimillionaire recording artist. <laughs> and that's where the story begins. But yeah, I've, I've been all up and down the West Coast and born in, in Chicago. Okay, okay. Interesting. I went to LA when I was 17, about 18, just after high and school. Nice. <laughs> So what, tell That's me awesome. about the music pursuit. I mean, what was it exactly you were pursuing? Were you trying to be uh, in a boy band or play the guitar? <laughs> <laughs> what was it we were trying to do there? Have you been stalking me? How, how do you know about my boy band? <laughs> I uh, just have a feeling by the you know, conversation. You, you came in my room and stole my only record that I had printed. Uh, well first of all uh you know as far as the music industry before before i get into that i just want to really say to everyone that's listening to this podcast i think you guys know how uniquely special this podcast is it truly is nothing like anything else out there and um i know that if you're listening to this you're probably if you've listened to more than two episodes a huge fan of this this podcast and so what i want to do is i want to give you my word that I'm going to do my very best to make this an extremely valuable episode. I want your heart to just be lit up with joy and for you to feel like, wow, I have some amazing tools that I'm going to pull from this episode. Should I skip this episode? Uh, You know, it's not a video episode, so you can't see my ugly face. So you you should not skip this episode. You should definitely stay here and (laughs) enjoy this episode. Um, But transitioning into a little tongue in cheek there, but, uh, but uh, transitioning into your, your question about the music industry, um, you know, whether anyone listening is, has ever had a pursuit in entertainment or the music industry or not, it's like the, the part of the story of my story that you'll all be able to relate to, I think, really comes down to the expectation of success that is met with what we've all felt before, which is, you know, failure, let down, uh, you know, uncertainty, all those feelings. Um, So basically, the short version of what happened is I knew what I wanted to do at an early age. By the age of 15, maybe 16, um, I ended up having 10 grand in my bank account from uh, a little home recording studio. I recorded all these rappers in my my, uh, childhood bedroom. And uh, I was like, wow, I have all this money and I made it by myself. And so I found a way to get out of high school early, moved to LA at 17. And by the age of 18, I was interning for Simon Cowell of American Idol, Wu-Tang, Paul Oakenfold, one of the bigger dance DJs. And I was sure that I was going to be a famous, successful, multimillionaire, like music person by the age of 19, 20, maybe. 
but that's not what happened. I ended up getting caught up with the wrong people. I ended up getting what I would consider to have my life in danger enough for me to flee Los Angeles completely and move to the Bay Area. In the Bay Area, I tried to make things happen, but I couldn't make things happen because uh, I didn't have the connections that I had in Los Angeles and ended up being homeless. I ended up sleeping out of my car for about four months. So that's kind of where I was um, in that whole situation. I just basically moved down there. I thought, you know, I had that childhood confidence, like nothing can stop me. I've never experienced failure before. And I really pushed through and, uh, you know, walked up to every single person with no fear and got all these major connections and, and made things happen. But then, you know, I hit a wall and unfortunately, uh, that came to an end quickly and that caused a lot of challenges in my life, but also, you know, built me as a soul and as an individual. Wow. Wow. That is intriguing. Uh, and sorry to hear that. I mean, I didn't realize four months living out of your car, uh, LA is kind of a, a wacky place, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> a lot of people come from all over to in many cases, pursue some dream, whether that be acting, mm-hmm. music, uh, makeup. My ex-wife was pursuing makeup, uh, as a makeup artist and, you know, all kinds of things uh, from production and so on. Uh, how was LA? I mean, was it, uh, difficult transition when you came from Portland, by the way, because you know, all the traffic and the lifestyles and the beach is, you know, a little warmer in LA than I think. Oh yeah. I I fell in love and I'm still in love. Um, there are definitely dark sides, but I think the dark sides come with specific industries, not the actual place, not the actual city. I think the city is beautiful. Some of my favorite people in the world are there. I feel like if you, uh, you know, if you hang out in a coffee shop in say San Francisco, you're going to overhear people talking about tech. If you uh, are in a coffee shop in, I don't know, like Portland, you're going to hear people talking about outdoors. If you go down to LA, people are usually talking about create creative ventures, like, like films that they're doing music that they're doing. And I just love people who are motivated and driven and heart centered and want to make a difference in the world. And not everybody down there wants to make a difference, but I feel like a lot of people come down there who are really ambitious and and are just, they have so much enthusiasm. Uh, and, and I, I really vibe off of that. And I, I feel like that gives me a lot of, uh, a lot of fuel. Uh, so that's one of my favorite parts about it. I felt, I really fell in love with it. On the other hand, uh, definitely that's the situation, you know, it attracts young aspiring people with not a lot of, uh, you know, history, not a lot of information about what is really going on. So unfortunately it also attracts people who want to take advantage of people. And that's what happened to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the case. I mean, I mean, I commend you for being such an entrepreneur at a young age. You talk about having 10 grand, which for a lot of normal, you know, middle class or thereabouts kids, that's a lot of money for a 15 year old or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in my case, I was working at Waffle House when I was that age uh, in Albuquerque. <laughs> and then I, then I transitioned <laughs> to LA, but I wasn't making no 10 grand all at once. Uh, not that you did all at once. Sounds like you built that up, but recording mm-hmm. in your bedroom. I mean, that's a pretty creative entrepreneurial go-getter kind of thing to do. So I can tell you, you've, you've got something planted in you from a young age of, of go get something. And uh, this, this homelessness, and I don't mean to transition if you want to talk more about that too, because we can, but going through what you went through, having all these dreams and, and hopes and expectations, really, uh, and then it all kind of, I guess, dashed, and then you're living out of your car, 
tell me about that. I, there's a lot of things I could ask, but talk to me more about that, if you would. I, I don't know how many people listening have gone through anything like that or maybe a loved one. Um, I think oftentimes when I see homeless people, um, and, I, and I do my best to try to help or at least hand out a few bucks when I can and stuff too, but not to toot my horn. It's just, we, I think we should do that. Everyone has a story. These aren't, these aren't some other, these are people, you know, yeah. talk to me about homelessness, if you would. Mm-hmm. And, and what you yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, what I like to call it specifically, actually, even though I say the term homeless, but I would like to start transitioning to houseless because I did have a car and there are plenty of people who do not have a car. And so that was really nice to have. Um, yeah. but Going from, you know, being in a studio with Simon Cowell to, you know, super close after, you know, a year and some change after being in my car, you know, having no clue what to do. It was tough. But I will say uh, one thing that was really interesting about it. And if anyone listening has had like a really hard time in their life, like one of their lowest of lows, but they still had this like serene kind of magic under like bed of sound going underneath their life at the time. I kind of had that too. So part of the time of me being houseless or homeless was actually one of the better, more magical times in my life. I was struggling. You know, I, I basically would, uh, buy this one burrito for $11 a day and and it would be my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, I would try to go, you know, to friends' houses and, you know, get some food and things like that. Um, so there, there were there were lots of struggle, but what I did is I had this little, if you guys remember, flip cameras, little flip video cameras, and someone gave me one of those, and I recorded a bunch of me just talking to myself. And uh, some of it was negative self-talk, some of it was positive self-talk, but I remember saying to myself, and I have it on, on video, I said, you know, I guess this is the times that we look back on. I guess these are the times that I'll, that I'll remember. And I'll say, you know, one day I was in my car and I actually said that on video. Um, and I, I take that piece and I add it into my, to my film series, uh, chasing my dreams. And, uh, and it's really, uh, kind of like a tearjerker for me at least because to see where I've come from there. But what I learned mostly is that one, uh, being houseless doesn't, necessarily have to affect the mind and the spirit. Um, it really doesn't. And it did sometimes, you know, there was a day that I got locked out of my car and had to find somewhere to sleep. And that day was really tough for me because I, um, you know, I started going down this negative thought pattern, uh, in my head of like, you squandered all these great opportunities. And so there were definitely some negative self-talk moments there. Um, but I think the ultimate thing is if you have a low that low and you get out of it, then you, um, you have so much more context, a reference experience to look back on, uh, in your life that will allow you to kind of, kind of, uh, have built in gratitude. Uh, that's a lot easier to, to experience than being like, okay, what am I grateful for? Well, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful to have a roof over my head. I can literally just go, I'm not in that crappy situation anymore. Thank God. Like that, that by itself just brings me a physiological wave of appreciation right there. So that's a huge one for me. Yeah. You gain some perspective. It, uh, I, I'm always reminded, and several folks have said this in recent years, about life happens for you, not to you. 
And uh, mm-hmm. sometimes we get caught up in the to you uh, analysis that we decide to assign that meaning, as Tony Robbins might say. But looking back, I think you get, and we've had people on the podcast recently, Gal was talking about, she went through what at the time she, she might've called a mid, a midlife crisis, but looking back, she calls it a midlife awakening and uh, the experience of it all and what you went through uh, can be that. And I think it's, it's important for each of us individually. And those of you out there listening, uh, look at your life right now. And a lot of people are going through a lot of stuff, uh, and and let's find the good that can come of this, which sounds like a real hokey, simple-minded, uh, uh, maybe almost passive-aggressive thing to say when you're going through something. But I promise, 100%, it's not. It's uh, I, I, from my own experience, you can find those nuggets of gold and and run with them and and make this into something, uh, just as it sounds like uh, you did. So four months homeless. And, and then what happened, if you don't mind me asking, how do we, how do we transition? Yeah, well, uh, basically, uh, I was homeless and I, like I said, I got locked out of my car one day and I was just, you know, freezing cold. It was a hailstorm, uh, and I had to find a place to sleep. So I ended up, uh, finding this warehouse that I could sleep in. And I was there in the warehouse in the pitch dark on a chair, trying to fall asleep and slowly but surely, I started passing out. And right as I was about to pass out, I heard a big boom sound. And I was like, oh no, someone's coming in. I'm in, literally, I used to be in LA getting ready to be super successful. And now I'm homeless in my boxers, locked out of my car in a warehouse in a hailstorm with someone coming in. And who knows, will they have a gun? Will they be scared and think, why is someone in here trespassing? And I ended up kind of holding my breath and not wanting to move at all. And just as I was being completely silent and still, I started having those negative thought patterns. You know, why did you squander this opportunity? What's wrong with you? How did you uh, come to this point? Uh, you know, anyone else would have taken advantage of these opportunities and all those things happened. And then it kind of hit me. Uh, I ended up saying to myself, if only I just had a roof over my head, I wish that someone gave me money. Uh, you know, just enough money to like pay for rent for a few months. I wish I had, you know, maybe someone could cut me a check uh, to to pay for my personal expenses and maybe even some of my business expenses. I know I could be successful still. And then it hit me. I thought, why don't I do that? Why don't I find someone to fund my career and my personal expenses? And so from that day forward, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but I slowly but surely started to do that. I started to find people that I could help get money for, um, for their personal expenses, like their rent or their mortgage, their bills, their groceries, their gas, their food, uh, their travel, and also for their business expenses, like uh, for, for their, if they wanted a marketing budget or to hire someone, or if they needed gear, whatever it is, I could get that money for them. And I had what I call beginner's luck and landed my first client a $1.4 million deal. Um, and then it just kept going from there. And the next one was 80,000. The next one was 10,000 a month. And I just kept doing this for people. And I even did it for myself. Um, I ended up getting a grant, uh, a $10,000, uh, $12,000 grant to start my YouTube channel and all this stuff. And it just ended up kind of continuing to snowball and snowball and snowball all from this moment in the warehouse where I was complaining to myself, you know, it's kind of funny because as people who love personal development, we like to always say that, you know, if you do positive self-talk, 
then uh, you'll get the result you want. And that's very true. And I have been practicing positive self-talk and all that for a very long time. But in this moment, I kind of broke and was having a lot of negative self-talk and complaining. And then I just kind of had this moment that just clicked in me. And that started me on that journey. Wow. Isn't that crazy? How <laughs> Whatever we want to call it, the universe inspires us in odd moments. And I thought, I thought the cinematic part of this story might have been, well, the boom, someone was going to come in and then some savior of sorts come rescue you and here's your money. (laughs) Yay. And we all live happily ever after, but it didn't work out exactly that way. But the idea that that savior came into your mind and then the work ethic that followed. And I think that's a big commentary on life for all of us. Mm -hmm. So you can have a solid idea and then realize you got to get down to business and do the work. And uh, you certainly sounds like did that. So you went and got someone, go ahead. Yeah, I just got to uh, give a shout out to the tree branch that fell on the on the warehouse. I'm going to put it in the liner notes of my first album. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Is that what happened? It wasn't someone coming in. It was just the tree branch, huh? I, I think it was a tree branch. It was a really howling, winding night, and uh, yeah, absolutely, I, I thought so. And and uh, you know, just one thing that I that I have to say is that a, a quote comes to mind, and that is, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And that's definitely kind of what happened to me in my life for sure. Um, and, and, you know, not to, not to pull too much off of that topic, but, you know, one repetitive issue that I've had in my life is even though I've been massively uh, in a healthy way addicted to personal development, I have continuously had this, this urgency planted in my soul. And, you know, on one hand, that urgency is a beautiful thing, right? You even mentioned it. You said when you were young, you know, you were, you know, 15, 16 years old and you already knew what you wanted to do and had 10 grand, but that business started when I was 13. And so I had this thing implanted in my soul. And a lot of people, if you look at, you know, entrepreneurs online that are talking about like how they just knew what they wanted to do from a young age, they glorify it. But there, you know, we often with social media and everything, we compare our behind the scenes to other people's highlight reel and it makes us feel bad. And so one thing that uh, that I want to make sure I mention is that that plagues me as well. Like I wake up most days and luckily, uh, you know, half of the time I have this kind of wave of goosebumps that I can't believe that life exists and I'm so lucky to have an autonomous body that can choose to walk to the other end of the room and scratch its nose and smile. And that's a beautiful thing. But the other half of the time I wake up with this like gut wrenching feeling, it's almost the polar opposite feeling where I think I'm not far enough ahead. You know, why am I moving so slow? I should be so much more productive, uh, even though I'm a workaholic and I never stop working. And so if anyone that's listening to this podcast has that same issue where they're like, go, 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 they, you know, they're hard on themselves then I want you to know you're not the only person. And through this whole time, whether it be, you know, when I was, you know, a kid uh, getting excited about, you know, doing what I loved, uh, or if it was, you know, when I was homeless and I felt like I should be further ahead, or even now after I've helped people, you know, change so many people's lives by getting them money for their businesses and their lives, I still have that and I'm still working on it. So, you know, I'm surrounding myself with, wonderful people, a mindfulness coach, uh, a good friend of mine who I consider a mentor. And I've, you know, built these tools around my life to allow me to, you know, be like 
easier on myself and to take better care of myself. And it's a constant process. So, you know, a little uh, diversion from the original uh, topic, but, you know, I, I would love to, for anyone who has uh, any issues like that, to share some of the um, some of the tools and tricks that I'm working on right now. Not something I've mastered, but something that I'm currently in the process of healing and working on and working through and doing the groundwork for so that I can like truly live in the moment as opposed to uh, getting to a place where, you know, when I, then I, as they say, when I make this much money, I'll be happy. When I find the love of my life, I'll be happy. When I, this and that, then I'll be happy. It's like, you know, as Abraham Hicks always talks about, the end goal of whatever you're doing is to feel good anyway. So you might as well feel good while you're doing the thing. And that's what I'm really, you know, I've, I've understood that conceptually for a long time, but only recently have I really really started to experience it like how many of you have read something in a book you know and you've been like oh my god i gotta tell you this amazing concept and you go you call your friend and you tell your friend they're like yeah i've heard that before you're like no but you don't get it like like really like this is a game changer and they're like yeah yeah i've heard it before it's like they have to experience it they have to have a real reference experience in their lives to really get it but it takes all of those times of hearing about it hearing about it hearing about it and not getting it until the preparation meets the opportunity of the challenge and then you find yourself in that real situation. And so, you know, one of the, one of the tools, um, I'm totally going on a rant here, but one of the tools is um, I've, been, I've been asking myself, what would you say if instead of talking to yourself, you were talking to yourself as a child? You know, would you treat yourself the same? And for me, a great analogy would be, you know, what I'm constantly saying to myself is, uh, it took way too long. I should have been where I am now five years ago. Uh, you know, but then all those years when I was homeless and then after that I had some other struggles and I I should have been doing this a long time ago. Right now I should be way ahead. And so I think to myself, okay, well, you're being really hard on yourself. And so what would you tell your child or what would you tell yourself as a child if they said you know i should have joined baseball three years ago you know and now all the other kids are better than me right and and then you you know what would you say would you say like you should work harder uh you know why didn't you do that kid you know you wouldn't talk to a kid like that you would say okay well i'm here for you and why don't we practice three days a week or however many days a week. Let's let's go out and let's practice. I'm here for you. Let's do this together and let's have fun in the process. It doesn't mean you have to change. And that was my big fear. It's like people were telling me to be to be easier on myself, to be less hard on myself, that I was a workaholic, that I needed to relax more. And I thought if I relax more, all that's going to do is make my progress happen in even further along of a time, in even further into the future, and then I'll have more remorse, more regret, more anxiety, more stress. But what I'm realizing is I don't have to work less. I just have to be kinder to myself. I just have to have more loving self-talk. And maybe I need to create more space in my schedule to allow myself to have times where I'm not working because that will allow me to do better work. And so that's a little um, breakthrough that I had uh, very recently in my life. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all that. And no, it wasn't a rant uh, 
I, uh, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. I saw, in fact, just yesterday, I don't know if you know Tom Bilyeu. Uh, mm. I follow him closely. We had his wife on the podcast some time ago, probably around episode 51 or two. But anyway, uh, shout out to them. But he, he posted something that was actually a video saying that uh, there's no dream you can have that is impossible. As long as it doesn't break the laws of physics, it is absolutely possible. And uh, you have to find your way. And he talked about his path to success to basically building a company that he was able to sell for a billion dollars and, and all these things that uh, to me, it's just, and, and it reminds me too of the now late great Kobe Bryant when he, uh, not to go off on my own tangent, but um, Kobe, when he was a kid, this is a story he told. And uh, I don't remember um, it might have been on a podcast. Uh, in any case, he's probably told it in several places. But when he was a kid, probably around 12 or so, he was playing basketball. And he was literally, guess what, the worst kid on the team. He couldn't shoot. He couldn't defend. He couldn't do anything. He was literally the worst kid. And we now know, by the way, the one of the greats of all time. Some would submit the greatest of all time. And uh, now legend. And God rest his soul. And God bless his family. Goodness gracious. But... Uh, what he did is he made a choice, just like it sounds like you did. He made a choice. And I think that's everyone in the self-help space make a decision, which the word literally means to cut off. He made a choice and he got down to work. And it wasn't just dabbling uh, as he's dribbling. He, he went on the basketball court mm-hmm. for hours and hours a day. And he went from the worst kid on the team to the best and the best in the state and then went straight from high school to the NBA. I'm not saying now, again, he's got some – some advantages and he was tall enough and all these kinds of things. Uh, but he, he overcame where he, he took that uh, embarrassment and that feeling of uh, failure as being, I don't remember the age around 12 and he became the best. And it's all how we package and frame stuff, isn't it? I mean, cause you can take stuff and let it break you. And plenty of people have taken the exact more or less same scenario in their life and let it break them and others have taken it as a as a stepping stone to bigger better things uh and at least more life perspective having gone through that so anyway mm-hmm. shout out to kobe yeah. and his family and big shout out to nathan for sharing your story <laughs> oh, yeah, um, to be uh in the same sentence as kobe um i mean it's happened once before uh someone uh had me in the same sentence as kobe they said nathan did you see that dunk that Kobe did? That's about as close as it's gotten. So thanks. I appreciate it. Now I feel like I can check that one off of the bucket list. <laughs> well, Kobe no, was Kobe, a special Kobe, kind of, Yeah. It's but amazing. We're all human beings at the end of the day. No matter what your station in life, whether you're an NBA star or, or whatever else, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. human beings are just capable of incredible things. So... That's why, that's why our podcast is Empower Humans, not just Empower the Kobe's of the world. He, in fact, he probably right, didn't need right. much of our podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> who knows? In any case, let's talk about what you do because you have this dream university and I want to dig in on that because to me, it's amazing. And you have a real special energy about you that I think, uh, uh, I, I just want to hear more of, of how you deploy that energy out in the world and, and lift people and help them meet their dreams. So talk to me about this dream university, if you would. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, well, one thing that I learned, one of the most powerful things that I learned actually getting goosebumps right now, just talking about, uh, is that due to the fact of me climbing up the wrong mountain for so long, meaning 
the music industry as opposed to my true calling, what I really should be doing in the world. Um, I learned how important it is for us to really stop, take a breather, and give ourselves some time, some, some self-care, love, time of really crafting our best lives, our dream lives, our, our most preferred lifestyle. And once you do that, then moving in to you know, making that happen in real life. And so I didn't do that. I you know, was really motivated at a young age. And then from there, I struggled. And then from there, I helped people get money. And so I, what I was doing is, you know, I helped uh, my first client, Chad, get the 1.4 million. And then the second one, Arsenio, get 80,000. And what I started noticing after that with my next clients that I worked with is, wow, I'm helping people get money. And then they're not really sure if that's what they want to do or they end up quitting or they end up not liking it. And so I can't just go out and raise money for people anymore. I can't just go out and teach people how to get money for their lives and their businesses. I have to create a framework to really help people get really clear on what they want to do. And I just so happened, so beautifully serendipitous, had to do the exact same thing. I had a really sharp, like distinct moment in my life where I had to say, I am going to completely let go of all the safety and comfort of the money I'm making in the music industry. Uh, you know, TV commercials, um, you know, music for TV commercials and, and, uh, and television shows and things like that were the big, the big breadwinners for me. And then also with record labels. And I had to say, I'm not only not doing that, but I'm also not going to get funding anymore for anyone in the music industry. I'm completely ripping myself away from that. And I had to go through this whole process of figuring out what I wanted to do. And so the same thing happened, uh, you know, in my life that I had to teach people. And the way I did it is I, uh, you know, I love the idea of mixing like this uh, metaphysical, uh, spiritual stuff with super concrete, real life, practical stuff. And so what I did was I wrote on my calendar the bullet points of, on January 1st of that year, what I wanted to do. And I said, I'm going to find my dream job working three days a week, getting a full-time salary of this much money. I'm going to be able to work from my laptop location independent so I can travel and do what I want. And I'm going to get a job getting paid to learn, meaning getting a job from someone who is doing what I want to do. Right, because one of the great uh, pieces of advice is if you want to do something, find someone who's already done it and ask them for help. And so, within a few months, uh, I found myself following my intuition, randomly driving up this street, and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow my intuition today, and I'm gonna my you know I'm gonna put my foot on the gas and the brake, but the wheel's gonna tell me where to go." And next thing you know, I took a left turn, a right turn, a right turn, a right turn, a right turn. Next time, next thing you know, I'm going in circles. I'm thinking, this is so weird. Why am I doing this? And all of a sudden, intuition said, stop. <laughs> intuition said, stop. And so I get out of the car and I'm thinking, maybe I'm supposed to shoot a video here. So I'm getting ready to get out of the car and I open my car door and I see one of my favorite authors. And basically, long story short, they say, this is really weird because yesterday I said that I wanted to find someone like you and I would love to offer you a job. That job was three days a week. 
I got an email with an offer of the exact annual salary that was on my calendar from January 1st that year. Wow. It's location independent, meaning I can work from anywhere and I'm getting paid to learn. And so, um, you know, I have an NDA with that person, so I can't quite share too much info about it. But basically, I'm in a situation where, like, I got blessed with exactly what I asked for. Now, you can't, you know, you can't create a course about that, right? Oh, you know, I, I got lucky or I, you know, followed my intuition. I mean, I guess you could do like a law of attraction course, but it's about what happened before that happened. I spent a good 30 days where I let everything go. I went up to rooftops with, you know, different colored uh, sticky notes and papers, and I envisioned my life. And that was my transition plan into being able to do what I wanted to do. Um, and it was a beautiful situation. And so what I did was I kept all these notes about how I did this, uh, about how I sculpted my own life uh, with a transition plan, with a dream life plan, and what I call a one-page plan. Now, the one-page vision or the one-page plan, if, you, if you're not driving and listening to this, just put both of your hands up like you're holding a piece of paper in front of your face and just imagine that there's a beautiful piece of paper there with your handwriting on it that you carefully crafted and this is what you say. I have no clue how I'm gonna make what's on this page happen, but if somehow I can turn this into reality, I will be the happiest person in the world. And then you can take that piece of paper and you can put it on your wall, you can put it by your desk, you can put it wherever it is, and that is your thing. It's not gonna have all the details with all the strategies, the whole roadmap or anything like that, but it's the, the general vision of what you're gonna do, and that is the first thing we create in uh, Dream University. So what I did was I did it for myself, the, the, fun, uh, the, um, the Dream Life Planning section is what I call it. Then I tested it on you know, over 10 of my own clients, and then I put it into the program. Same thing with the funding. Uh, I did the funding for other people first, then I did it for myself, and then I put it in the program only after I've had you know over 10 clients that I've worked with one-on-one, -on -one. and then of course, since the course has launched many, many success stories of people who have just taken the program. So the program goes like this. First of all, it's the dream life planning process. And that gets you clear on a lot of really valuable things like not only what do you want to do with your life and, you know, all the great questions that get asked, like, you know, if money were not an issue, what would you do with your life? But also things like your preferences and your non-negotiables. And th these are really important because we don't want to be taken advantage of. We want to make sure that we understand what really matters to us. Uh, you know, maybe you want to uh, work from home because you want that freedom or maybe you need to travel so you want like I did like I wanted to be location independent maybe you want to go into an office because you just like that camaraderie uh, maybe you want to work for someone else so you don't have to make the decisions or maybe you have to have to be the only person making the decisions because you just feel confident in that ability or maybe you're in a situation where you need a business partner because you can't do it all by yourself and you need to bounce ideas off of people then there are other lifestyle related uh, preferences and non-negotiables like, you know, do, do you want to have to wake up early and get all your work done? Or do you want to sleep in as late as you want? Do you want to be around people uh, that make you laugh? You know, do you want to be in a big group setting or by yourself? There are all these little nuances of, of, of a best life, of a dream life that we don't think about. We think about like, I would like to be in a yacht in the most beautiful part of the world with my favorite people in the world. And how amazing would that be? But what about like 
do you give yourself time in the morning to meditate and to drink your matcha and to, you know, look out the window and, and smile and just give yourself that peace in the morning or to go on your run or to, you know, do your, do your thing. And, um, you know, it also includes a lot of, uh, aspects in the second section about funding where you're actually window shopping and saying, what all do I need to buy? Not only for my business, but for my life, because the whole point of a dream business is not to make a bunch of money. That can be a side note, but it's creating a system that allows you to serve the world, but also that supports you in living your best life. So it's really cool because, you know, you might include in there things like in your, um, in, in your list of, uh, you know, items that you need to purchase for yourself, it might be like a psychologist or, you know, uh, one big seminar every quarter. And that can be a part of the funding that you get. And it's this beautiful kind of weaving in of a passion and your personal life and all the things that you need in order to have this beautiful life that feels like it's one, not your business life in your personal life. We only have one life. We don't get a business life and a personal life. No one's like, yeah, he, you know, unfortunately he passed away at 50, but you know, he lived to be 120 in his business, right? It doesn't work like that. We get one life. And so we should just, you know, integrate it all. And I I really want to give people an opportunity to look back on their lives when they're old and gray and say, wow, I did it. I'm so proud of myself. I really thought through this. I lived consciously and awake and I didn't just, you know, walk through this life as a zombie taking on whatever happened to me. And hopefully, you know, you know, I I get lucky. And if I do get lucky, then I live a great life. But if I don't get lucky, then I live a bad life. And then I'm in scarcity mentality or poverty mentality. And I'm feeling, you know, angry about my life. No, we need to stop, take a breath. And we need to tap in to our like higher self and also tap into the knowledge that's out there in the world that allows us to, you know, kind of uh, like leapfrog and to cut, uh, you know, any, any losses or anything that has happened in the past and just use all these tools that are available to us. So that's why I created a framework uh, mm-hmm. to plan your dream life, get it funded, and then actually build this dream life and dream business. Wow. That's interesting. Uh and that's that all makes sense. It all kind of rings true to me that that should be uh, the process. So it's you, you plan out the dream life, you put the vision together, and then you find the funding, and then you basically execute, get out there and get it done. And uh, from from what I'm understanding, and now talk to me for a second about the funding, if you would, however much detail you can get into. But there's all kinds of ways people do get funding. Everything from angel investors and uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> capital from investors, you know, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, banks and, uh, grants. You mentioned grants earlier. Talk to me about the funding mm-hmm. piece, if you would. Yeah. I focus on three areas. Uh, some of the people, especially the earlier people that I worked with had, um, an audience. And so I have an option for people who already have an audience And then there are two options for people who don't, who either do or don't have audiences. People are just starting out. So the first one is uh, private investors. The second one is grants. And the third one is crowd subscriptions. And so uh, basically, if you're looking for a lot of money, right? You think of 
like like a tech company that's trying to get a million bucks or more or something like that. Even if you're if you're looking for you know uh, four hundred or forty thousand uh, dollars, you know all the way up to a million or million plus, then what you'll probably want to do is to find like an angel investor, a private investor, or any of those. Right. Uh, the pros to that is you can get a lot of money. The cons to that is you are dealing with a human being. So you have to actually find someone that you really, you know, not only that wants to give you the money, but that you get along with, that you share a vision, that you share, you know, it's like working with another person. It's like being in a relationship. Yeah. The second one is grants. The beauty of grants is that you get the money often, especially if it's a government grant, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. Uh, you don't owe any money back whatsoever. And you're in a position where you just simply get to do what you said you would do with the money but you kind of get to spend it at your own leisure and at your own time. The downside is you're usually not going to get that much money uh, in comparison. It might be 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, but you're not going to get too much more in most cases. Um, And then the third one is crowd subscriptions, which is if you have an audience of people who love you, you just simply say, Hey, uh, I'm getting ready to uh, do this thing, whatever it is, a podcast, a YouTube channel, um, write a book, whatever it is. And you basically ask them, to believe in you and give you money so that they can get something in return, kind of like Kickstarter. But the difference is that they get uh, the money comes out of their bank account every single month and into your account. So it's like having a subscription service just for people who believe in you and want to get something in return. Um, so that's a great way to build up your audience as well. Um, but the real, the real magic in this is the framework behind it. And there's two main things. One is a big secret, uh, which I'll tell you right now. And then the other is my fill in the blank funding template, which is you know known as a pitch deck, uh, a funding deck. Um, so the, the big secret that I've found with grants is that most people, they think, what? What, what, are they, what do you do when you wanna get a grant? You go on the internet, you search for grants, and then you fill out this big long application, and then you hit submit, and then you pray. <laughs> right? And you do that over and over and over again. And that's not the way to do it at all, right? You do, you're, it's good luck. Um, the way to do it is you find a local grant office close to home. Like the grant office that I found was this crazy building that was like all kind of beat up and it had this beautiful poster of like uh, Martin Luther King and all these, uh, all these amazing uh, people on it. And uh, I was like, I, I drove past it all the time, but I never knew what it was. And I went on this website and I found uh, the, grant, the grant offices near me and I walked over there and I walked in the place and I shook uh, a woman named Emma's hand. Emma told me a secret. She told me, listen, we get, you know, millions of dollars from the government. Maybe, I don't know, like 40 million bucks from the government. Our job is to disperse that in small grants to people in our communities who we feel have two things. One, a robust pitch deck. Two, we have to like you. So (laughs) go around the room and shake everyone's hand and get to know people. Because if you think about it, if you submit a grant online, what's gonna happen? They're gonna look at your paperwork. It's gonna be annoying for them. It's their job, it's their pushing papers, it sucks. (laughs) Maybe they love it, who knows? But if you walk into a grant office a person who got a job, who gives people money to make their dreams happen is probably a pretty cool person. And so 
they want to help people that they feel are a pretty cool person too. Someone who has a heart, someone who wants to make a difference, someone who actually cares about people. And so that's the big secret. Go to a local grant office and connect with the human being and let them know what you really want to do within the world. Let them know how you want to make a difference. And then also come in with a really robust pitch deck, which walks them through the entire process of what you're going to do, what your vision is, how much money you need, how much money you expect to make, and all these other aspects of it. So that's that's one thing that I really help people with. Um, you know, some people they need the whole process, but really, if it comes down to it, if if I were to you know help some big uh, you know multimillionaire or, or billionaire or something you know with their business to get funding, what I would do is I would go in and I would help them with the numbers. I would just simply you know, break everything down and we would go through, you know, their PL balance sheet if they already had a business or their financial projections if they didn't have a business yet. And also, you know, going through all of the, uh, all of the desires that they have for the business. So it basically starts off, the pitch deck starts off with a vision saying what you want to do. Then it goes into all the numbers, how much money you need to start and how much you're going to spend and how much you plan to make. And then from there, you just kind of sandwich it in with a bunch of other, you know, ooey gooey good stuff that makes people all excited about what you're doing. So <laughs> that's that's the pitch deck. And if you have that tool, then you have a tool in your back pocket forever where whenever you need money for your thing, you can simply go to a grant office or, or go to get an investor um, or even turn that into a video presentation on your um, on your. Uh, platform, your crowdsourcing platform, crowdfunding platform. Wow. That's, uh, that's really interesting. I, uh, and if someone had come to me this morning and said, how do you go get a grant? I would have said exactly what you said at the beginning. Well, you go on, <laughs> but again, that's not like, I, I haven't actually gone and gotten any grants personally. So you mm-hmm. don't want to come to me at first unless I've gone out and done it. Uh, but secondly, what you're saying makes sense. Everything's about the interpersonal relationship with people and, and getting and maybe shaking hands might be a you know questionable these days quote unquote but right, the, right. but uh, yeah proverbial shaking of hands and getting to know people is what we're talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, really interesting do you ever help people get uh, outside of the investors and so on and the grants uh, funding you know using their credit uh, things like that because people can get business credit cards or you know SBA loans or uh, other sorts of unsecured loans and stuff. Do you work in that realm very much or? I do not No. The reason I don't is because uh, debt is a big issue in this country. And I don't really believe in uh, people getting into debt when I don't know all the details around their situation. If I was working with people one-on-one and there was a unique situation, sure. But, you know, it's, to me, it's like, yes, that is low hanging fruit, but it's low hanging fruit because of what's on the other end of the spectrum. Look, if you get an investor, if you get a grant, or if you get a crowd subscription service, you will never have to pay a dime back unless you make money. For a grant, you don't have to make, pay a dime back no matter what. For the yeah. crowd subscription, you, you, you have to offer them the service or product. But for, uh, for an investor, you have to pay them a percentage of what you make, but no money if you're if your business tanks. So you're not going to be in debt. So that's why I don't do those. What I do though, is I feel like uh, not everybody needs funding, right? Um, and people have asked me that a lot, of course, you know, your, your, your basic questions when someone wants to purchase something, hey, like, I'm not sure if I need funding. 
I'll straight up tell people, you know, I'll ask them some questions and say, you know, I don't think you need funding. Um, but I do think you should take the program because what you can do is you can use these other, other strategies, right? And so they'll, they'll do the dream life planning process. And then instead of getting funding, I like to give people strategies. Uh, what I did during the beginning of COVID when everything started shutting down is I felt uncomfortable about like selling people a course. So I pulled all my ads and I put up an ad giving away my phone number. And I just said, Hey, um, if you're having a hard time with, uh, you know, with COVID and, you know, maybe you're not making as much money as you want and you want help building your dream business from home, text me. And <laughs> for three months, I gave away uh, seven free coaching calls every Sunday uh, for three whole months. Uh, wow. And I didn't charge any money for it. And I also didn't upsell them on anything at the end. I know a lot of people, they, they got their free call and they thought I was going to try to upsell them to something at the end, but I just wanted to help people. And it allowed me to, um, you know, get really in the trenches with people and hmm. figure out what their needs were, as opposed to just create this program that worked for me and my clients and just assume that the rest of the world needed it. And so that's why I started creating a different, like a different program, uh, which is basically just getting on the call with a, a call with a bunch of people and helping them. Um, and the, the whole value that, that I think that people can pull from if they don't, um, if they don't need funding is you can build your product after you get someone to buy it. Right. So let's say you want to create a, a website and you're selling um, makeup on the website mm -hmm. and you're like, I want to uh, empower women to uh, have natural makeup, but also to inspire them that uh, they should wear makeup because it makes them feel good and they can express themselves, not because they need to hide anything about their bodies. Uh, and so then you have this beautiful mission statement and you're like, okay, what am I going to do again? Just like the grants, what does a normal person do? They're like, okay, cool. Um, let me see. I've been getting plummeted by this website ad for, you know, for Wix space square click funnel thingy. And so I'm going to choose one of those yeah. and I'm going to buy, it and spend money and now I'm getting charged 100 200 bucks a month and then I'm going to try to build it myself and then I'm going to realize that I need to hire some people and so I go on you know Fiverr or, or one of these websites and I try to get someone to do a design for me and six months later I realized that you know I got to stop for a little bit and then a year and a half later finally my website so now let's see okay are the clients coming in why are there all these crickets in the room right now mm -hmm. I <laughs> don't know why I did this I right but what if you were to go on social media go on your instagram go on your facebook do a story whatever and you were to say hey everybody i have this amazing idea here's my story when i was younger as a woman i was in a situation where uh you know i thought makeup was a bad thing and uh i you know used it to cover up my pimples and i had a lot of you know anxiety around that and and then i had this bad feeling about makeup. But now I realize that I can empower women through that uh, and have them express themselves and teach them that they, they can, you know, go without makeup, whatever it is. You tell your story. Then mm -hmm. you say, here's my vision. Would you like to jump on a Google Hangout or a Zoom call or whatever with me? And I want to tell you all about it. And I want to offer you every single product that I make at cost. Whereas I'm going to be charging a bunch later jump on the call with me. Then you jump on the call with people. These are people that you know, people in your network. And you say, hey, if you want to support me, here's what I'm doing. PayPal me 200 bucks and I'll give you my products 
you know, for basically at cost. Then people are like, I believe in you. I want to support you. Next thing you know, you get 20 people to send you 200 bucks. Then next thing you know, you got a couple grand that you can work with and you take that money. And now after you've gotten paid and after you've already made sure that the, uh, that the, um, the concept has been proven, you can build your thing with confidence and with a group of people who are testing your product. So basically you're getting paid to build your business and you're getting paid to have people, um, you know, basically test out your products and give you feedback so that you're not just wondering in a vacuum if you're doing the right thing or not. So that's another strategy I love to give people if funding is not for you, that's an opportunity for you to uh, kind of get some money and some customers in the door before you even create your product. And yeah. then the one last thing that I'll say is there's the other thing, which is I call the three day a week club, which is just a funny way of saying, find a job like I found where you work three days a week doing something you're passionate about that can teach you about the industry that you're going into. And believe it or not, that can be a lot easier than one would think. I have a couple friends and people that I've helped do that as well. And it's a beautiful feeling to be able to work three, four days out of the week, have a stable income coming in, and you mm-hmm. get another three, four days to focus on your thing. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's fascinating. I appreciate you explaining all that too. Uh, I, I like that what you said was that you did this free coaching call. Um, not trying to upsell. There was no like hidden agenda or anything, just helping people. And and by the way, is there something to that? I, I hear over and over in my life experience, I think tells me that uh, giving is part of the process of getting, so to speak. Um, just there's just there's just something about engaging in that kind of transaction <laughs> where you, in your yeah. case you were helping people um just being a kind person overall uh do you have any stories or thoughts on that particular aspect as far as the giving part you know i must say that i've understood this again i've understood this concept theoretically for such a long time and only one when I have actually, you know, given with no agenda whatsoever. There was absolutely feel like no agenda at all. I had I wasn't like I hope these people buy something. I nothing like that. It was just yeah. like I need to get my feet wet. Uh, if there was any agenda at all, it was like I need to get my feet wet in like helping people on Zoom. So why don't I just do this? Because I genuinely don't feel comfortable selling right now. And, you know, I started getting people asking me, like, do you offer coaching? And the answer was no. I mean, I didn't have a coaching program. I didn't have anything going on. I didn't want to, you know, I have this fear of being kind of like a cookie cutter person that does everything like everyone else does. And so I wasn't willing to just, to just have a coaching program and, you know, n- nothing against that. I think they're super powerful, but it's just something with me. So what ended up happening is, I got all this feedback from people and people started saying, Hey, do you offer a coaching program? And I said, no. And then they said, and, and, but then I started asking questions to them. Like, what do you really need? Right. Cause great questions equal great results. And so yeah. I asked those questions to them and they said, well, you know, really, I just, I, I feel scattered. I feel disorganized, especially right now. And yeah. I said, Oh, tell me about that. And they said, you know, I just, I feel, like, like, like I need some help. Like I, I need someone to help me plan my life out. And so, you know, I ended up getting a whole program out of that, but more importantly, it's like, <laughs> like the, the outcome of me helping people for free 
made me feel better about myself. Yeah. It made me feel like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I think the biggest breakthrough was this. I did not build this business to become rich. Um, wealth is very important to me. And uh, I know that with large uh, sums of money, I can make much bigger impact and shorten the distance between the time that I make a decision to do something and the time that it comes into fruition. So I have a very great relationship with money. I think it's a beautiful thing. That being said, my like little secret evil scheme of building this business is so that I could attract the most amazing, incredible, unique people from around the world into my life so that I can experience like the, the greatness of humankind. So I can be around these amazing people and mm -hmm. I have this like beautiful vision of, you know, being able to go on paradise retreats with them and, and just connect with people and have fun and laugh. And, you know, we talked earlier about entertainment meets education. Well, also, you know, we should be able to entertain ourselves while we're, you know, working on business ventures and things too, and really enjoy ourselves. So, so the breakthrough for me was that, wow, I actually get more results when I'm not focusing solely on building products advertising, you know, getting customers into my funnel. It's, it comes from mm -hmm. making deep, meaningful connections, giving back, learning from people, being curious. And here's the, here's the kicker. And I'm not going to act like I got this perfectly down. Anyone who's listening to this, who has a business, I guarantee you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> There's a difference between the way that you act around your family, your partner, a stranger, mm -hmm. person at a coffee shop. There's a difference that you act between a person if you go to a fast food restaurant and a way, the way that you act if you go to a five-star hotel restaurant. And maybe you're really good at that, but there's little nuances, right? And so when it comes to your customers, how authentic are you with your customers? Like, do you, do you respond to an email where someone says, hey, um, you know, I, I bought your product and um, I'm wondering if you have this other thing to offer. Do you respond by saying, hey, I'm having a really bad day today. So sorry if this, is, uh, if this message doesn't come across right. Uh, uh, I really care about serving you. Um, I hope your day is going well. Here's your answer. Tell me about yourself. Um, how have you been lately? What's going on? Um, to promote my last, my last product launch, which was actually last week, um, this would never have happened without me doing these free calls and really getting to understand people. But what I did was I sent, uh, I sent a message out to everyone on my text message group. And I literally, instead of saying, Hey, everybody come join my webinar. <laughs> you know, I said, Hey, Phil, how's your business going? And how are you feeling lately with everything that's going on in the world? That was my text to my whole audience my email list and my text messages. And guess what I did? Every single person that responded, I gave a personalized audio message to every single person. It was exhausting until I got the responses. And then I realized I literally just found five new great friends. I just connected with 50 new people that I have a really deep bond with. And a few hundred people responded to my audio message saying thank you or whatever that is. And this is a new thing that I just started doing. And I've, what I've noticed is that's what it's all about.
it's about connecting. It's about yeah. deepening relationships. And sure. I didn't, that it was hard for me to understand. Uh, you know, it, I understood it theoretically, but only after I've went through this process uh, during COVID of just of doing the free calls did that kind of parlay into, into that realization. Yeah. Well, and you could have just shut down completely in COVID and instead you shifted gears sounds like, and uh, followed your intuition yet again, just as <laughs> with the other story earlier and uh, lifting people continually just in a kind of a different context uh, but also continuing to further your business and theirs in the process. So nice win-win. So I commend you yeah. for that. I, um, I can't say enough great things. Honestly, you bring a very unique, interesting, uh, really uplifting energy. And I, uh, so I encourage people to go seek you out if, if they feel like they might. Uh, and again, it's Nathan, which is N-A-T-H-E-N. Nathan.tv is your website, right? Uh, That's right. And we've got... Uh, this, of course, Dream University. And uh, I, I just love, because I was reading some of your bio stuff too as we were getting ready to talk. And the, the term heart-centered entrepreneur is about you know, getting clarity and inspiration. And I just love that term heart-centered, whether it's anything, heart-centered parent or partner mm. or heart-centered, uh, uh, you know, whatever it might be, uh, soccer coach, <laughs> that we just be right. heart-centered. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which, by the way, is what helped you, I think, tap into your intuition and, and find some of these uh, gold nuggets uh, in your experience as well from, from what you're telling me. Um, yeah. Are there any like final thoughts you want to make sure we cover? Uh, or any uh, specific counsel we want to give anybody? Or <laughs> as yeah, we well, ready to wrap. I could talk to you for hours. Go ahead, though. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I, I just had a little funny, silly thing that I, I promise I just came up with when you were talking about COVID. And <laughs> it's an acronym for COVID. Let me see if I can do this. Okay. Creating opportunities victory and victories in distressful times <laughs> there you go that's something <laughs> uh, that's funny uh, yeah yeah so what i'd like to challenge people to do um is two things pull out your phone and go, go to the um to the alarm section of your phone and i'd like you to create two reminders one is think of the time where you're busiest in your day the time when, you know, maybe it's four o'clock on a Thursday and you're just like, you know, trying to get stuff done and maybe you're stressed, so whatever that looks like. And take that time and put a silent reminder on your phone that says, savor this moment. <laughs> this has been instrumental to me because I know when I get stressed during the day. And so when I see that, I just look around and it's like, <sighs> okay, yeah, you got me, you got me. <laughs> and then I look and, and you know, I notice that I can turn the dial up of the colors in the room. I look around and I just kind of smile a little bit and I feel that those goosebumps and that wave of magic. And I'm like, okay, you know, you're in this amazing reality that is so unrealistic. I mean, if your parents, if one of your parents left the house five minutes earlier or five minutes later, uh, you know, on the day they met, you wouldn't exist. And if that same thing would have happened to, you know, your grandpa, on either side or one of your great grandparents or one of the eight great, great grandparents or one of the 16 great, great, great grandparents, you would not be here. So yeah, it is an yeah. absolute unrealistic miracle that is super unlikely to happen and unprofitable, you know, but like Tom said, Tom Billu, he said, you know, if, if it doesn't break the laws of physics, it can happen. And here we are. And so that one I think is a beautiful one. 
And then the, the second one that I challenge you to do is the opposite, which is in that time where you're at the most peace, where you're at the most serenity. Maybe it's in the morning. Maybe you like to wake up super early. You can set it for like, you know, five or 6 a.m. And because it's a silent alarm, if you sleep in, it's not going to wake you up. Mm-hmm. But just have that little alarm that goes off that says, plan your dream life. And my one challenge for you is that whenever you fantasize about your dream life, that you make sure that you never allow stress or discomfort into that process. So you should be fantasizing, smiling. And if at any point you find yourself thinking, Oh, that's not possible. Or, Oh, I don't like that. Then just, just turn onto a different street. Just take a left turn, take a right turn and, and, just keep moving toward joy. Just allow the, the, uh, uh, the, um, what's it called? <laughs> the, uh, GPS of your, of your emotions to redirect you to a different route and just stay focused on the bliss and the joy and the love, um, and, and give yourself a hug every morning and just find that, find that love and that self care because that's what matters. And if you take care of yourself, then you'll be, here and more able to, to serve us and to give your gifts and your magic to the world. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Ditto. Uh, <laughs> thank you for, uh, <laughs> for sharing all this stuff. I, uh, I can't uh, say enough about uh, the great stuff you're doing and a uh, very unique. I'm glad that you, like you said earlier, you're not trying to be the cookie cutter coach or, or whatever either. And that you've got a lot of great uh, tools and inspiration that you bring to help others there, thereby accomplish their clarity and inspiration as, like we said, heart-centered entrepreneurs or heart-centered anything. Let's, let's try as human beings, just be more heart-centered. And I will point out too, I wanted to say this because I was looking at some of your videos that uh, you have videos uh, about using your brain's antennas and I'm looking at some titles. Who are your people? Get advice through mental telepathy, what to do when you get bad news, how to stop overcommitting, how to feel peace when you're stressed. Uh, how to earn money from your laptop, uh, which is apparently multi-part uh, uh, series as well. So lots of good stuff on, and this is all embedded here in Nathan N A T H E N dot TV. And uh, yeah, I can't. That's it. Any, uh, I appreciate every uh, story and a uh, bit of great energy that you brought to our podcast, Nathan. <laughs> and, uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and and actually, um, just thought about this now. Um, I do not do those, um, those coaching calls anymore, uh, for free. I actually, you know, like created like programs and stuff. So I charge for stuff, but for anyone who's listening to this and follow through to the end, if you text me, uh, at my phone number, which you can get ready, I'll give it to you here in a second. Then I'll give you one of those calls just because you're uh, one of uh, Phil's listeners. And that number is area code 310-807-1998. And again, I won't try to, you know, sell you anything at the end. It's just like true, you know, just doing my best to support you and help you create um, a roadmap and strategy for, you know, you getting closer to your dream life and your dream business or whatever that looks like, you know, like, like Phil said, there are other things that I like to help people with as well. And so, you know, if you want to put a little, a little reminder in your brain that anytime you're feeling stressed and you need a little uh, pick me up or a little positivity or a little motivation, or you're, you know, procrastinating and you need help then just text Nathan, you know, just text me. And I'd love to just give you a little, 
a little text back or an audio message or a video, just letting you know <laughs> that I'm here for you, that I'm cheering you on because you know, this stuff that I'm doing is truly because it just lights my heart up so much. And I would be honored to be in contact with you. And um, yeah, so feel free to text me. That's my phone number. And, um, and I'd love to give you a, one of those coaching sessions. Awesome. Awesome. That's what I'm talking about. The great energy and the unique touch that you bring to things. And you did it, by the way, with our podcast, you sent me uh, in advance of us doing all this uh, uh, gratitude voice message and stuff that others, uh, and this isn't to beat up anybody, just you did something kind of unique. And so I appreciate that you're doing that. And that's kind of a word to the wise for all of us. Let's try to, let's try to add our unique uh, loving touch as we interact with others and not just for the sake of going to get a quick buck or something, but really lift people. And, and I see that that's exactly what you're doing. So I commend you for that. And of course our audience too, uh, grateful you spend time with us and flattered of course, as usual. And uh, so thank you for doing that. And as we wrap up here, thank you to Nathan and go to Nathan N A T H E N again, dot TV uh, and uh, go out and power yourself and power the world around you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EmpowerHumans.com. We'll catch you next time.